Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112. I am your co-host, Aaron Avra, and joined with me is the all-knowing Giantess Carol. How are we doing this week, Giantess? Aaron, man, I appreciate the compliment right off the bat, man. <laughs> doing great. Um, everything that I know, I got from you, so... I guess after enough arguments, I started to kind of see things your way. So I thank you for being patient with me and, and <laughs> teaching me and kind of showing me the ropes. So uh, I'm doing great, man. How are you, my brother? How's your year off to? I'm good. I guess it is our first one of the new year because, I mean, we released one on the new year. But it's our first, first one of the decade, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there we go. First one of the decade, <laughs> 2020, getting it in the books. Uh, I've been good. Um I guess now that I called you all knowing and then you complimented me saying you learned from me, I guess that makes me the all knowing and you uh I don't know. <laughs> but no, it's been good. Um for our listeners, sorry we are a few days late. Uh Donatus, his wife Katie, has been down ill this week and so we kind of Likes our schedule around to make sure that dietists could take care of uh, a business, business at home. Um, so thank you for for being accepting of this apology of us being late. I'm just going to assume you're going to accept this apology because y'all keep coming back each week to listen. So this is our formal apology. Um, how's Katie doing, by the way? She good? Katie's uh, doing better. She's a Man, it's it's it seems like it's time by time. For those of you guys, obviously I don't know this, but she's got the flu. So, um, one moment she's feeling great, one moment she's feeling bad. So, again, for me, thank you guys for bearing with us as we're a few days late. I've been out here trying to be husband of the year, so uh, I appreciate you guys um, being uh, being willing to uh, to give us a few days on this, but. We will not be lacking in content today, and we're going to bring our best as always. So we hope you guys enjoy it. Tell them. Tell them. And when those elections come out for Husband of the Year, remember this moment with Dinosaur Carroll. Exactly. We'll be our ballots, and we will get something nice. <laughs> Big old trophy. Uh, speaking of the flu, and I know I'm going off track, and then we're going to reel it back in. How about today? For those of you that don't know, I know I mentioned it in episode one. I'm a teacher. A student was asked yesterday. And she shows back up today, and I was like, "Oh man, we're glad you're we're glad you're back," because um, I'm super extra, and every time they miss, I joke around with them and say they're either skipping or I make a big deal that they showed back up to class. And she goes, "Yeah, I was out with the flu yesterday," and I was like, "You were out with what? Uh, and you're back? No. <laughs> and you're back today?" So I, no. I, being the extra teacher I am, covered my my nose and mouth and began to slowly <laughs> back away. And she's like, "No, I'm okay," and I was like, "But you just used the word flu, and I do yeah. not." What's that? Yeah, no. Yeah. Don't be a team player. Not don't be a team player with the flu. Stay at home with that junk, man. Yeah, I can catch you up later on. You can bring all the food you want to share, but do not bring that flu in. Oh man, that's wrong. Before we dive in, uh, we're trying to make a. We we keep forgetting to add these things. If you would like. To follow us on Instagram, we have an Instagram at, at Once Upon East One Twelve. Uh, each one of us also have an Instagram. Or if you want to kind of converse with us on Twitter, um, I'm the only one of us two that has one. It's at Coach Aver. I'm trying to think of a new Twitter handle to go with this podcast. Um, and if you would, whatever platform you're listening on, if you don't mind subscribing, 
reviewing, sharing it out to people. We have no idea how that works. On, I mean, like, we know how the sharing and subscribing works. But we would like to, I guess, see what would happen if we begin sharing it. Um, thank you to all of our loyal listeners. Please make sure to engage with us. We'd love to hear from you and see what you would like to hear about. Now, moving on to the episode, we are doing what every other NFL podcast is doing this week, and we are talking divisional rounds of the playoffs. So we're going to focus on each game. We're going to give ourselves, we'll give a little analysis and make predictions um, and hopefully go 4-0 and this week. So, Jonathan, which game would you say is the most intriguing that you want to begin with? Or do you want to oh, end man. with the most intriguing? So maybe let's yeah, go with let's boring, see. too intriguing. Yeah, let's go with uh, boring, very intriguing. Um, I guess boring is a bad word. So less intriguing, the most intriguing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I'm, I don't know. You know, kind of. So I think to me, the one that's most intriguing is probably Texas Chiefs. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Um, See, I think I think both the AFC ones are really intriguing. So if we hold on, yeah. if we want to do NFC to an AFC. I'll, I'm down with that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's start with the uh, let's start with Seahawks Packers, um, and then we'll go Vikings 49ers. Perfect. That works for me. So we're going to start off with Seahawks and Packers. Um, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and, and kick us off. Uh, so this is a game that I also find not that intriguing. Uh, I don't know if it's a blend of the Seahawks kind of being bland last week. Like that game, yeah. I did not. That, that's the one game I did not watch all the way through. Uh, yeah. was Eagles and, and Seahawks because it was just, ugh. Like, you would have expected it to be a better game for the Seahawks. Their defense uh, is playing against Josh McCown because Carson Wentz went down. You would have thought their offense would have would have stepped up and played a little better. Um, so they're, they're a team, but now, then again, my, my thoughts on the Seahawks is they're a team that kind of like, if you were to put them against, a high school JV team, um, they would barely win the game. And then if you put them <laughs> against, like, the best team in the world, they would barely win or lose the game. Like, they're yeah. – because the, Brown, yeah. the Browns took them to the wire, and we were a cluster this year. And yeah. yet they're sitting here with a great record in the divisional round. Um, so I'm interested to see how they play against the Packers. The Packers are coming off that bye – um, I'm interested to see what Matt LaFleur has up his uh up his sleeves. Um because he, he's taking this team and they're they're thirteen and three, something Mike McCarthy last season with the exact same weapons had them sitting at like what was it, six, nine and one last year, something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So obviously I guess the LaFleur effect is real. Um I guess I'm interested to see I know Aaron Rodgers has one trophy is but can he you know, be clutch again because he struggled as of late uh, in the playoffs and in some regular season stuff. Um, it's just a, I don't know. It's not that intriguing of a game. Uh, what do you think, Dinos? Yeah, so, you know, I agree with you, man. Um, the Seahawks are that team that, um, you know, like I'm looking at their just their last few games, man. They they beat the Bengals by one point. Um they beat the Steelers by two. 
Um, they beat the Rams by one, the Browns by four, they beat the Falcons by seven. Um, but then, you know, like, they beat the 49ers in San Francisco. Um, they beat the Vikings, which are another playoff team. Um, so, you know, you're, you're right as far as they're that team that they're consistently, um, just kind of mediocre, but, but good enough to get into the playoffs, I guess. And good um, enough to beat any of teams like one. So it's a shocking thing. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, and so you just you don't know what team you're going to get. Um, here lately, though, we've kind of seen uh, DK Metcalf come come on, come along. That's true. Um, and I think you know a lot of people and me, um, I'm, I'm guilty of this too. I thought DK Metcalf was just going to be somebody who was um, a freak of an athlete, but maybe had a limited route tree. Um, and, you know, maybe wasn't going to be that good of a wide receiver. Um, which, side note, I've come to realize, like, Mrs. Ole Miss was kind of like LSU when LSU had um, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. Ole Miss had A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. And I know D.K. Metcalf, Metcalf was hurt a good bit, but it's crazy to think those two were on the same team at the same time. Um, and Ole Miss, I don't think, ever won more than, like, four games or something like that. So it's just a side note. <laughs> But, uh, you know, the, the, the Seahawks, they kind of do the same thing with DK Metcalf. They just say, hey, dude, run as fast as you can in a straight line. Russell's throwing the ball and throw it high. He's going to catch it. Um, so I'm interested to see how they use, how they continue to use DK Metcalf and to see, um, to see how he continues to develop as a player and as a wide receiver. Um, the Seahawks, so the Packers have a very terrible um, run defense. Like they're they're in the bottom, I think bottom five to ten of the league in in run defense. Um, so I want to see if this is like a a, a vintage um, Marshawn Lynch game um, where he just goes full beast mode. Um, the Seahawks came out and said that they were going to give him the ball more. So I think if if um, if Marshawn Lynch has one more game in him, this could be a game where he really goes off. Um, this would be a great game where um, Rashad Penny or Chris Carson were available. Um, if those two were available, I think Seattle would just run the ball down their throats. But, um, you know, with those two being out, I'm, I'm interested to see how, how much they run the ball because uh, Green, Bay, Green Bay's secondary is, is pretty decent, and then as a whole they're good. Um, Pass wise, they play they play a lot of zone, um, so that 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 kind of works in their favor. Um, you know, as far as from from the Packers side, um, I'm interested to see, like you said, how how Matt Lafleur calls plays um, in his first uh, first playoff game. Um, you know, they've had a really good record, but then he has um, Aaron Rodgers, and so. I'm interested to see how much um, play calling Matt Lafleur does, and how much of it he just says, "Hey, Aaron, go uh, go be Aaron Rodgers and, and win us this game." <laughs> so, um, you know, from that standpoint, both quarterbacks both do the same thing. It's both, "Hey, Russell, go save us." "Hey, Aaron, go save us." Um, so, you know, this is just kind of one of those toss-up games. Um, both teams are kind of evenly matched, and. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. It's really kind of hard to pick this game, but that's kind of my analysis on it. Um, I guess 
if if I had to pick, I golly, now I'm going to be on the record. Um, oh, everything's on the record, baby. You put it on the podcast. <laughs> it's on the record. <laughs> everything's on the record, man. Um, I'm going. I'm going Seattle in an upset. I'm going the Seahawks twenty-seven twenty-four of the Packers at home. I just think experience with Pete Carroll is going to pay off in the end. I think um, Matt Lafleur probably ends up making a few coaching mistakes. I think Pete Carroll, um, his experience pays off, and I really think that Marshawn Lynch is going to go off over on that uh, Packers defense. Ooh, what do you that. think? I'm taking the outset, yeah. Where, how are you leaning towards in this game? Well, you brought some really good points. And in fact, I let, I let the terrible wild card game fog my mind of some of the good storylines with Seattle. Um, yeah. I would love nothing more than Marshawn to go off. Like Marshawn signed and in my mind, I was immediately like, I need the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl. That's exactly me. I'm also a big Russell Wilson fan. Like I love Russ. I think yeah. he's a great quarterback. Um, and I'm not a big. I used to like Aaron Rodgers. And then this this has nothing to do with football. But this stuff about him with family and like him with McCarthy and him with yeah. like personality wise has nothing yeah. to do with this football game. But it caused me to be like. Man, Aaron Rodgers is kind of a punk, and it's really right. hard for me to want to go for you. With all right. like all accolades aside, all logical thinking aside, I'm like I'm not a big fan of you, so I don't know if I can pull for you. And for these reasons, yeah. for me wanting Marshawn to lead the Seahawks to the Super Bowl, and for the reasons of me not being a big Aaron Rodgers fan, <laughs> I actually agree with you. Um, wow. I think Seattle's. I think Seattle's coaching. A lot of it's going to weigh on the coaching experience. I think. Yeah. Um, Matt Lafleur, you know, rookie head coach, done very well, but rookie head coach. I think Pete Carroll is going to outcoach him. I think that Seattle is going to once again play up to the team they are playing against, um, and I think Seattle ends up winning this game somewhere around along the lines of like. 31 to 24. I think it's about a touchdown game. Um, and I do think that this is our first upset of the divisional round um, and that Seahawks move on. All right, second game. That was a good good one to get us started. Nice little appetizer, if you will. Um, now we're going to move on to what I feel is the much more intriguing NFC game, uh, which is the 49ers and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, do you want to kick us off for this one? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start with this one. Um, you know, this is this is one of those games where um kinda like the last one, um, the teams kinda mirror each other. Um, the Vikings and the 49ers is obviously to me a lot better of a game than the, the Packers and the Seahawks. But um to me both teams are, are they they're pretty much the exact same team. Um both teams wanna run the ball down your throat and play really good defense. Um and so um, you know, Zimmer, Zimmer has made it known he wants to run the ball with Dalvin Cook and, um, set up the pass for Kirk Cousins. And then they've obviously got two studs and Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen out on the, 
um, out on the outside at wide receiver, and then they've got Kyle Rudolph, who's a pretty decent tight end um, as well. Um, and then the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, probably one of the better play, or he is one of the better play callers um, in the league. You can make the argument that he might be in the top five or whatever. Um, Kyle Shanahan also wants to run the ball. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw the ball a few times. Um, he's going to hit a couple of targets. He's also going to miss on some throws. Um, but then they want to play really good defense. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to kind of see how this game plays out. Um, I want to see how much the Vikings trust Kirk Cousins to, um, to lead them in this game. Because um, we don't know, you know, quarterback-wise, Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins, to me, are both those quarterbacks that you don't know what you're going to get with them. Um, Kirk Cousins may throw for um, 350 yards and three or four touchdowns, or he may not. Um, you know, sometimes I think Kirk Cousins allows the moment to get too big for him. Um, so I'm interested to see how he plays in his second playoff game. Um, I think he may have gone to playoffs once with the Redskins, possibly. I don't know. But um, playing on the road in San Francisco, um, I feel like San Francisco is a really tough place to, to play, especially with the 49ers doing good this year. Um, I think this one's going to come down to how the defenses play, um, specifically how the defensive line plays. So, honestly, the 49ers are super deep defensively, especially on the line. Um, I'm probably going to forget some people, but they've got DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, D. Ford. Um, I mean, they just got a stable of, of defensive linemen that they just kind of rotate. Um, and then they've got a good secondary too, led by led by Richard Sherman. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see how that defense plays and if they can limit the Vikings and and to see how they play them. Um, and also to see if there's any distractions going on with their defensive coordinator. I know he interviewed for the Browns head coaching job. Um, sometimes, you know, when you're when you're interviewing for head coaching vacancies, it kind of affects how you how you game plan and how you call. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how they play the Vikings if they force them to to take their chances running the ball, or if they would rather have Kirk Cousins air the ball out. Um, I know Dalvin Cook has kind of been injured. I think he's healthier now. So interested to see how he plays with that. Um, offensively for the 49ers, um, I think what Kyle Shanahan is going to do is he's probably going to try and isolate George Kittle on Anthony Barr. Um, Anthony Barr is a, is a pretty good linebacker. He's really good at the run. He sucks at the pass. Um, so Shanahan's really good at exploiting your weakness. Um, I think he's going to put Kittle on on Barr as much as he can, and I, I think regardless, Kittle's going to have a monster game. Like I'm talking, Kittle's probably going to have like 12 to 15 receptions for like close to 200 yards and maybe a touchdown or two. Um, I think he's going to have a huge game. The Vikings, um, yeah, huge man. Just because the Vikings, the Vikings pass defense has kind of been um, suspect at times. Xavier Rhodes about a year or and definitely two years ago was one of the better corners in the league. He's got he's gotten um worse this year. He's played terrible. Um like against the against the Saints, there was that one play, I think the guy's name is DeJounte Harris or something like that. 
Um, he beat him on a simple post route, man, and Taysom Hill threw a 50-yard bomb, and, and that was it. But um, Xavier Rose got caught skating, man. Like, I've, I've never seen him get caught skating like that before. So, um, you know, then he blamed the safety. I guess he thought he was going to have safety help. And But Xavier Rose has just been struggling. So um, I think I, I think Shanahan's going to try and, and expose that. Um, so, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll kick it off to you, man, before I give my – my uh my score on this game. What's what's your analysis on this one? Alright. Unpopular opinion. <laughs> I don't okay. th- I don't think this game is going to be close. Okay. Uh, I think um well first off, Kyle Shanahan being the offensive genius he is, and Gary Kubiak, who is the O C for the Vikings Mm-hmm. Shanahan learned under Kubiak, who learned under Daddy Shanahan. Like, they all, all right. come from the same tree. So, they all <laughs> run essentially the same offense. Yeah. Therefore, I think offense for offense, pretty fair match. The difference is, Shanahan used to coach Kirk Cousins. Oh, good. He knows Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was yeah, he was his O C for for a few years before he went to Atlanta. No wait. Yeah, before he went to Atlanta and then before he went to the Niners. Now granted, yeah. that's been a few years. Um yeah. he he knew Kirk when he was the R G three backup, um which, you know, how's that look now, Washington? But anyway, <laughs> um he knew Kirk then. I think I'm pretty sure he was the O C for Kirk when Kirk got to start a lot. Uh, especially after RG3 went through all those injuries. Um, he knows Kirk's tendencies and his weaknesses, um, at least from what he used to have. Right. So, therefore, I believe Shanahan is going to make sure to use all of that to his advantage to make sure their stellar their stellar defense exposes and eliminates any Kirk Cousins threat. Um, I, think that, that, I think that front line for the 49ers – is going to be, and I watched them play the Browns, and once again, the Browns were a cluster, but that front line in San Francisco is wild. Yeah. Like, they're, wildly they're nasty, beautiful. Man. Yeah. So, so I fear for Kirk Cousins' life <laughs> on yeah. this game that they're going to get after him <laughs> and that he's not going to be able to get comfortable in a pocket and throw. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen Kirk struggle a lot, and we've seen his receivers call him out on multiple occasions on his struggles. And it seems that when they call him out, um, Kirk steps up. But I, I think I think that front line is going to cause a lot of troubles, have him running around a lot, um, not allow him to get appropriate reads. You, you mentioned the DBs in San Fran. Really, you know, going into the season, everybody really only knew who, who Russell, uh, not Russell, uh, Richard Sherman was. And we've seen all these other DBs there kind of play up to Richard Sherman's intensity and skill level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Jimmy G, once again, he's kind of an average quarterback. Um, I'm waiting mm-hmm. for him to kind of blow up like we all thought he would. But I think he's going to do just enough for their for their, their pass game to be proficient. I think their run game is lethal. They don't have a running back like Dalvin Cook. I think Minnesota's going to have to lean on Dalvin Cook a lot. Once again, we know – He's not at 100%. Um, they're, I think they're going to be 
pretty one note with having to rely on Dalvin Cook. Um, I just don't give the Vikings a lot of faith. I do like what they've done. I like. I think Zimmer is a fantastic head coach. Um, I think that um, Kyle Shanahan, just being the boy genius he is, is going to be able to out chess anyone in Minnesota. I yeah. think it's a giant chess game, and he's going to out-coach them all. Um, and that's why I believe the score to this game will be somewhere along the lines of 34 to 14. Oh, wow. 40. I think it's going to be a good game to watch. That's why I find it more intriguing than the other yeah. game. Uh, yeah. However, I think the 49ers are going to light it up. It's going to be a 20-point game, and it's not even going to be close. 49ers move on, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, so um, I, 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 too, think that the 49ers win. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, though. I think I, th- I actually do think this game is going to be a little bit closer. Um, I would think, I don't know, like 31, 31-24 or something like that. I think it's going to be a seven-point game. Um, and that's just because I think that, you know, I could see I could see the 49ers being up, but I just don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo, and I could see him throwing a, a, a pick that kind of puts the Vikings back in the game. So I think uh, 31-24, 49ers. That's fair. That's fair. All right, so then based on our records, because we actually agreed on both of these, we have it down for a third game of Seahawks 49ers for this season. And that is yeah. not a thing, ladies and gentlemen. That was going to be a great NFC Championship game. Take it to the bank. That is what it's going to be. Now we're going to shift our focus to the AFC side, where we got some of the most intriguing quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, you said your most intriguing one was Texas Chiefs, right? Yeah, that's what I'm leaning for. All right, so then let's do. Let's start off with Titans and the Ravens. Um, I'll kick off this one. So, here's the thing about the Titans, right? <laughs> they, they really. So I was. I'm trying to say this. I was a Titan hater, disbeliever at the beginning of the season. When Everybody I was looking, is. Everyone always is, and especially when the Browns played them for the very first game, and I predicted that the Browns would go 11 and five. And then week one happened, and we got curb stomped by the Titans. And I was like, they're the Titans. And this was with Marcus, <laughs> this was with Marcus Mariota, mind you. Right. I was like, right. what? What just happened? And so I edited my tweet, and I said, we're going to go. Well, you can't really edit a tweet. I added to it. And I said, never mind. We're going 10-6. and six. But my whole mindset, which we didn't do that either. We did the opposite of that. But my whole mindset was, did the Titans just, like, curb stomp us to infinity? How did that happen? They're not even going to have a winning record. If they do, it's going to be, like, 9-7, and seven, which I think it ended up being, like, 9-7. <laughs> um, yeah. And a majority of that is when they got Tannehill, which, oh, my goodness, Ryan Tannehill, with the exception of this past playoff game where he put up, like, 75 yards, uh, essentially was not essential. Um but they went from I think they were two and four with Marcus Mariota, and then they made and then they decided, hey, you know, let's put Tannehill in, and he finished it out 
like seven and three. Like he he crushed yeah. it. Yeah. Um, which looking at Adam Gase, it's like, what were you doing? Because Tannehill is obviously not that bad. And then right. and then you have Derrick Henry, who I am also you know growing up an Alabama fan. I'm a huge Derrick Henry fan personally. However. I've never been a big believer on him in the pros. Like, he got into the pros, and he was—he almost looked like he was going to fizzle out like Eddie Lacy. Like, he'd have a great game here, a bad game there, an okay game yeah. here, a bad game there. And then last year, like the second half of the season, he's running over dudes for like 200 yards a game. And then this year, he's <laughs> doing the same thing again. Um, I think that, that run game is going to be great. I don't tr- – I like Tannehill – asterisk by that. I mean, I don't love Tannehill, but I like Tannehill for this. <laughs> um, I like that defense. They get after it. Um, but more importantly, I am a big Vrabel fan. Like, yeah. Vrabel has these dudes playing like they're legitimate contenders. Um, yeah. They went into Foxborough and handed the Patriots a playoff loss at home in the finals. Like, Tom Brady had the ball at the end of the game who could drive it and go win it and and forced him to throw a pick six. Yeah. Like, Tom Brady, the guy that single-handedly demolished Atlanta, Tom Brady. And so, to see the Chiefs, or not the Chiefs, the Titans do this, I was like, oh, okay, they may be all right because I didn't think the Patriots would lose two in a row at home after losing to the Dolphins. But then again... Now they're about to play the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, the Baltimore sir. Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, who I do not like. They are the former Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and I claim both of their Super Bowls is partially ours. Uh, <laughs> they're just electric, man. They have yeah. Lamar Jackson, who only two teams have figured out how to semi stop the Chiefs beat them and uh, the Chiefs beat them and the Browns figured out how to stop them one of the two games. Um, but there's been no consistent formula for how to stop Lamar Jackson. He's electric. He can get it done with his feet. He's proving all of us wrong. He, he can get it done with his arm uh, to an extent. Uh, not saying he can't throw, but he, he needs both aspects. Currently, I think his passing will, will elevate throughout his years. He's definitely 100% better now than he was last year. Um, yeah. He also has a great supporting cast. Um, his wide receivers are, are, are great. He, I think drafting him, Brown was great. Uh, Hollywood Brown was great. Um, Mark Ingram has been fantastic. Those tight ends, Mark Andrews, has, has hmm. really just given him a, a, someone to – Man, he can do it all. He can go down the seam. He can go up post. He can do whatever you want him to do when Lamar's going to get him the ball. Uh, that defense is lights out. That trade for Marcus Peters halfway through the year was brilliant because that just bolstered their secondary help. Uh, they signed Earl Thomas. I thought this defense at the beginning of the season was going to struggle because it looked like they were purging everybody. Uh, when they let some players go, I was like, oh, no, the Ravens are about to hit some, some form of rebuild mode. I don't think they're going to be that good. Um and here they are, 14-2, and two, best team in the league, best team in the AFC, home field advantage throughout the whole thing. They have John Harbaugh, who I think is a fantastic coach. I think it's going to be an instance where 
Vrabel gets out, not only out coached, but the defense is not going to be athletic enough to stop Lamar Jackson and the pass game and uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, there's too many weapons there. Um, I'm going to hold off on my official prediction, though I guess I just kind of leaned on which way I'm going. Um, I'm going to let you get some analysis, see if you maybe pick the upset, uh, the one person out there willing to do it. Um, <laughs> what, 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 what do you think about the game? I, I guess I really broke them down as two different entities and not really how they're going to look against each other. Um, but what do you think? Yeah, so um, contrary to maybe popular belief, I personally think that the Titans um, – they match up pretty well in this game. I'll give you a couple of reasons why I think that. Um, this is one of those games that I'm super excited about just because I'm one of those people, like, I love old-school football um, where we're going to run the ball down your throat and we're going to play defense. And both these teams, um, the Ravens had the number one rushing attack in the NFL. Surprisingly, the Titans had the number three rushing attack in the NFL. I don't feel like a lot of people knew that. Um, so... Uh, and then I heard, like, a crazy stat today where um, Derrick Henry rushed for, like, if, in the second half of football games, he rushed for 1,000 yards, like, by just going by the second half of football games, um, which is pretty insane. He finished with 1,500 yards rushing, but, again, a thousand of, thousands of those yards came in the second half of games. So um, I, too, am a huge Mike Brable fan. Um, I love how he's come along. I love how the Titans play. Um, and I like, I like that Tannehill has kind of sparked some life into them. Um, and then it's, it's also good to kind of see Tannehill, um, I guess, quote unquote, revive his career with the Titans. Um, the Titans have one of the better offensive lines in the game. Um, and, and quite honestly, I don't know how the Ravens do against the run. I know, um, they haven't lost since, like, September 29th or something like that. And I know since their win streak, they've, they've done really good at, at running at um, against the run. Um, but then, too, like, Marcus Peters has, has done really good with the Ravens and has caused the Ravens' defense to do really good. And I, I don't think I thought that was going to happen. Like, I thought Marcus Peters was going to get to the Ravens and maybe just kind of sit around and, and solve because he went from the Rams to the Ravens. Um, but he's kind of – he's done really good. And, plus, he just kind of brings, like, that added um, energy. Uh, Marcus Peters is just that dude that's going to get in your face and he's not going to get punked. Um, so, you know, the, the Titans have a really good running game. Um, so interested to see if they allow Henry to run the ball 30-something times and how often they, they trust Tannehill to throw the ball. Um, I imagine that the Ravens are going to put Marcus Peters on A.J. Brown. And I think in a, in a few years I would give that edge to A.J. Brown. But um, right now I just have to trust that as a veteran corner, Marcus Peters is probably going to end up shutting down A.J. Brown. So it's inter- it'll be interesting to see if Corey Davis can step up um, and how much Tannehill trusts Corey Davis and, and Johnny Smith uh, if they're forced to pass the ball. Um, now, as far as the, the Ravens' offense goes, I think that the Titans' defense actually stacks up pretty good against them. Um, the Titans have a really good 
defense in general. Um, and if I was them, I would put seven people in the box um, and a spy on um, on uh, Lamar Jackson, and then I would just, like, force them to pass the ball. Um, the Titans have a really good secondary. Um, they've got Adore Jackson and Logan Ryan at corners. Um, and then they've got Kevin Bayard and Kenny Vaccaro, um, at safety, which that may just be the best safety duo, um, in the league. Um, like I, I love the Titans secondary. I think they've got one of the better secondaries, um, in the league. So if I was them, I would, I would force Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. Um, just because like I like my chances, like with, um, uh, with Bayard or Vaccaro against Andrews. Um, and then I like my chances with either one of those corners um, against Marquise Brown. Um, but, you know, the, uh, the Ravens, I imagine that they're probably going to run the ball um, a lot as well. So um, I, I'm really just kind of interested to see how this game ends up panning out. Um, I will go ahead and give my pick, and then I'll throw it back to you. Um, for your pick, I, as much as I love the Titans, I cannot afford to go with the upset. Um, I'm going Ravens in this one. Um, I think it's going to be 31 to 17. I think the Ravens end up being too much. Um, but I, but I do, I do think that the Titans play pretty good and I think that they hang around for, for probably the first half, but I think after a while, like the Ravens just become too much and they end up winning this game 31 to 17. Um, what's your, what's your score for this game? How are you landing? What's your pick on it? Ooh, that was, uh, I thought you were about to go like a close game on me. Um, like this, this game is that. actually of the all, of all, um, this weekend. This is the game I'm most looking forward to. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because it's a potential major upset. I don't know what it is about the Titans that excites me to watch them because I, <laughs> I never thought those words would come out of my mouth, but I'm actually right. excited to watch them. Um, yeah. I think it's after watching them play the, the Patriots, I was like, oh, this is an enjoyable team to watch. Um, led by Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you brought up good points. You brought up good defensive points. You actually almost swayed me to say, what the heck, let's just go with the upset. Um, oh, wow. But, you know, we're going on the record. We're throwing it out there. Oh, we got me nervous. Yeah, we want it to – we don't want to be completely embarrassed. Um, and so even though I was very close to flipping and saying the Titans are going to win this game, I do uh, think the Ravens end up being too much. I think the Ravens gas the defense, even though how great the defense is. I think there's too many um, aspects to the Ravens' offense that's going to wear them down. Um, I think the Ravens' defense is also going to be too much for Ryan Tannehill, those additions in the secondary. Uh, Marcus Peters reviving his season because he was struggling in L.A., so they traded him. Uh, yeah. I, and, and I think – and I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be able to shoulder the load against a team this talented like he did against the Patriots. The Patriots, he essentially won them that game. I don't think yeah. we see that here. I think the Ravens win this game 42-14. to 14. I think it's too much. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, I went from I went from thinking, well, maybe the Titans can do this. So I chilled down a little bit, and I think it's gonna, I think it's going to be the blowout that, that that everyone else thinks it might be. Um, there's, I think it goes one of two ways. It's either the blowout we we called, or the Titans win. I don't think it's yeah. close. Ravens yeah. win. I think it's either a blowout or the Titans win, and yeah. so I'm going with the blowout. Um, now, so therefore, now we, I guess we both agree that we're agreeing too much. We used to never agree yeah. on anything, and now we're agreeing on everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, the very last game of the divisional round, the Texans versus the Chiefs. Um, I believe I started off the last one. How about you kick this one off? This is your number one game of the uh, the postseason. So let's tell me why. Intrigue me. Analyze. Do whatever else you need to to – Make me feel hyped about it. Go ahead, Don. Yeah. You know, it's funny because before we gave our analysis on that last game, this was the more more intriguing game to me. But after that one, I feel like that one might be the more intriguing game. But we'll see. <laughs> um, and that's just because, like, any time that, that Patrick Mahomes is involved in the football game, it's going to be exciting and it's going to be intriguing. When Deshaun Watson's on the other side, it's going to be that much more um, intriguing and exciting. Like, let's just pause, and if you haven't already, go research Deshaun Watson's crazy play last week. Um, I'm sure you could type in, like, Deshaun Watson playoff 2020. Um, that's one of the craziest plays I've, I've ever seen in football. Um I still don't know how he spun out of there and made it alive. It blew my mind. Um, so the Texans have a really good offense. Um, they've got Deshaun Watson. They've got DeAndre Hopkins. And also, for the love of God, please free Duke Johnson. Like, <laughs> the Browns did the exact same thing where they cuffed Duke Johnson, and, like, I want to be on the record. I want to use this podcast to say free Duke Johnson. That dude is too good to be sitting behind um, Carlos Hyde, which Carlos Hyde has had a pretty good good season, too. But, like, Duke Johnson just needs to get the ball in his hands about 15 times a game because good things happen when Duke Johnson gets the ball. Um, I'm clearly a huge Duke Johnson fan. I was a fan of him in, at Miami. I was a fan with him, fan of him when he was with the Browns. Um, now I remain a fan of him now with the Texans. Um, so these two teams actually played earlier in the year. The Titans won 30, or I'm not Titans. The Texans won 31 <laughs> to 24, uh, which the Titans beat the Chiefs too. But anyways, <laughs> that, that's crazy. Um, the Texans won 31-24, but Kansas City was up 20, or was up 17-3 at the end of the first quarter. Um, the Titans scored 20 points straight, um, all in the second quarter to make it 20-17 at halftime. Um, and then they kind of traded scores in the third and fourth quarter, and the Texans ended up winning. Um, Mahomes threw for three touchdowns, and I, I feel like that might have been the game that he returned from, or maybe the game before he got hurt, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, Tyreek Hill, was the, that was the game that he returned for. Um, five receptions, 80 yards, two touchdowns for Tyreek Hill, um, who was on my fantasy team at that point. Um, so 
the case, I'm trying to figure out how to make this short. Um, <laughs> I, I think this game just comes down to how the Texans' offense plays against um, Kansas City's defense. Kansas City's defense since week 11 has been the top defense in the league, um, but they did just lose their safety, Juan Thornhill, um, which is going to be a big loss. Um, but the Chiefs, um, they've, they've got a pretty good line with, with D Ford and, uh, Terrell Suggs, who, um, has, has kind of come along over the past few games. Um, and then Tyron Matthew is one of the most versatile defenders in the league. Um, and I, I like the way that he plays a lot. He played with Houston last, last year. Um, so interested to see how he plays against his quote unquote former team. Um, but, you know, as far as the Chiefs, like, the, the Texans' defense is so terrible um, that I don't really want to spend too much time talking about the Chiefs' offense versus the Texans' defense because, like, the Chiefs could really honestly just tell McCall Hardman and Tyreek Hill, hey, run as far as you can, and Patrick Mahomes just throws on the ball. Because um, the Texans' defense is so awful that, you know, like, the Chiefs could very easily score 50 points on them. Um so I'm interested to see can the Texans offensive line protect Deshaun Watson. Um if so, I think the Texans are able to hang around in the game. Um I'll go ahead and give my pick on this one and then I'll toss it to you. Um I think that the Chiefs are gonna just be too much for the Texans. Um I think the Texans hang around for maybe a quarter or two, but I just I can't I don't trust the Texans defense and I think um, Andy Reid has, Andy Reid has, um, a way, a, a huge advantage over Bill O'Brien, um, as far as coaching goes. I think that the Chiefs are still hurting from their loss to the Patriots last year. Um, I think the Chiefs move on to play the, the Baltimore Ravens, which let's just be honest, that's what we all want. Um, <laughs> Chiefs win. I, I don't think this one's close. I think the Chiefs win. 42 to, to 17 or something like that. Um, that offense is just going to be too much for the Texans defense. Aaron, what, what's your analysis of this game? How are you, how are you leaning towards it? Yeah, I'm going to give a few pointers. I'm not going to spend too much time on, on this game. And, and here's my reasons why. <laughs> for me, this game becomes the battle of the two playoff struggling coaches. It's yeah. Bill O'Brien. Yeah who struggles in the playoffs versus Andy Reid, who has a long history of struggling in the playoffs. And then I look back at last week's game, and though I was going for the Bills against the Texans, um, as I was watching that game, I realized, I was like, man, the Texans have a lot of really good players, but they aren't doing anything. Like, <laughs> Actually. Uh, Hopkins didn't come alive till late. The run game was ineffective. Will Fuller was hurt for, like, the 40th game this year, I feel like. (laughs) Um, Kenny Stills is okay. Um, I'm like, y'all got too many weapons to be this average. Um, Right. And the Bills had their way with them in the first half, and then, like, Buffalo went in the tank, and Josh Allen made stupid mistakes, like, trying to lateral it backwards on one play. I don't know if you saw that. you got to Google that, man. It was ridiculous. 
I was watching him. He's running. Like, he's not in a lateral circumstance where he needs to get the ball to somebody else. He just decided to. And I saw one tweet that was the most accurate tweet I ever saw in the second half of that game, especially in the fourth quarter, when it's like they kept punting it back and forth to each other, was somebody yeah. was like, I've always wondered what it would be like to watch Freddie Kitchen coach against himself. And I was like, this is so accurate. The play calls, like, had, had the Bills just kicked the field goal instead of went for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter, then they would have never went to overtime or and Deshaun Watson would have never had that incredible breakaway that allowed yeah. him to score. I mean, it's so many things, so many, so many things, so many bad mistakes. Bill O'Brien should have been out after this game, uh, but because they found a way to win, he's probably going to make it another year in, in Houston just to struggle even further. I think Andy Reid has had these longer playoff struggles, so he has a little more on his shoulders <laughs> to beat yeah. Bill O'Brien, not to mention that I think they are the best all-around team in this game. I think Watson's great. I think Mahomes is, is a different level. Uh, J.J. Watt is back. Uh, last week was his first game back, but once again, I don't think that's a big enough of a factor. The Chiefs defense is really good for the Houston offense to be that mediocre. Um, I agree with you. Not going to be close. We're going to get the game everyone wants to see. She's blowout. Something lost last like 48 to 7. Um, um, and therefore, Chiefs walk away with it. So there we have it. We, we agreed across the board in all of these, which is unfortunate because I was hoping there'd be some conflict. But I think it's a pretty cut and dry game. <laughs> Even the yeah. Seattle game, I'm like, that's pretty cut and dry. Um, so we have it as. Seahawks and 49ers for a rematch, a third rematch in the NFC Championship. And then we've got the Chiefs and the Ravens and the AFC. I think that's another rematch in the season. Two great games to look forward to. Um, let us know if you agree with us. Last thing we're going to talk about is the shortly on the uh, NCAA Championship game, uh, like very brief. Donatus, what do you think about it? It's coming up on Monday, I believe. Yeah, so um, it's been way too long without college football. Uh, super excited to have it back again. Um, just real quick, this game is to me it's the battle of the two best teams in the in the league or in the in the country. Um, super excited about this game. Um, two high-powered offenses that are kind of evenly matched. Um, it's going to come down to whichever defense plays the best. Um, so, anyways, I think um, you know since since week two when LSU beat uh, Texas, I've been saying that you know sometimes you can just kind of feel like it's going to be a team's year. Um, and ever since week two, I've just kind of felt like LSU that this was their year. Um, so, you know, I'll spare you guys' analysis. I am rolling with the LSU Tigers. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a huge game. I love Clemson. I love Dabo Sweeney. It is super hard for me to pick against him, but I just feel like everything this year has led to this being LSU's year. Um, so I'm going with LSU over Clemson for the 2020 College Football National Championship game. Aaron, what are your thoughts? All right, and I guess we're going to continue to agree. Um, yes, and I know all of you listeners at home, you're like, y'all just talked about the NFL. What are we going to talk about college for? We couldn't let it go by. We have to at least mention this one. Um, 
this is more of, I don't know if it's more of an emotional pick or a logical pick. Um, <laughs> I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan. Uh, yeah. Donna and I got to go see him play in high school his sophomore year. We, uh, I coached football at, at a high school for a year, and we get these little coaches passes. So we went and checked out some state championship football. This kid, Trevor Lawrence, comes out. Absolute freak of nature. We had no idea who he was. They, yeah. they were talking about all of these, these scholarships he had received. And lo and behold, here he is in his second national title game. Um, big Trevor Lawrence fan. Just like you, big Dabo Sweeney fan. I am a huge Sweeney fan. Um, but, but, Joe Burrow is playing like ungodly football. Yeah. Like, yeah. what he did against Oklahoma was, I mean, I don't know if to call it impressive or to call it disrespectful or to call yeah. it like, <laughs> they have families at home. He just he tore them to shreds. And not to mention his third best receiver scoring four touchdowns, Jefferson. Like yeah. it was it was it was something to watch. They were the defense was great. The offense was phenomenal. Um and then I then I had to watch and people said it was the better game, but I watched the Clemson Ohio State game, and I thought it was a tale of two halves. One half was Ohio State's yeah. half, the other half was Clemson's half. It was your typical battle it out, back semi back and forth football. It was close the majority of the time, um, and experience ended up coming out on top as well as some um, controversial non calls uh, or calls because. One player got ejected from Ohio State, and it seemed everything flipped. Um, but long story short, I think – oh, oh, and my favorite thing I learned. So I, I read an article on ESPN. It was just all these stories about Coach O uh, at LSU and how, like, strange of a character he is, like to the point that when they were recruiting Joe Burrow, he was like, you never been to New Orleans. We got to make sure – that you experience Louisiana, New Orleans, to the point where he called a restaurant that was, that is famous for wherever he was, wherever they were at, and they brought in 15 pounds of crawfish just for them to Beautiful. eat. Um, they sat there, they ate it all together, they they fellowshiped, communed, enjoyed their company, and for all of these reasons that are non-football related, and the fact that they just straight embarrassed Oklahoma. I do think LSU comes away with this game. I actually, because of the high-powered offense, I don't think it's going to be that close. Yeah. I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be a circumstance because Clemson has struggled. I mean, semi-struggled throughout the year. I mean, they put a whooping on Virginia in the ACC championship game, but then they played a much, much, much better Ohio State team, and they struggled a little bit. Um, I actually think that the new kids on the block, Coach Ogeron, however you say his last name, and Joe Burrow, who will soon be a Cincinnati Bengal, will win this game <laughs> forty-two to seventeen. Did you give a score to yours, or did you just choose? No, I did not. I just, I just chose. Um, yeah, well, I chose forty-two I, 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 seventeen. I, I, LSU. What yeah. you got? Yeah, I, I mean, I probably say 
like right around the exact same, 41-17, 42-17. Um, and it, it's good for Joe Burrow to win because it's going to be a while before he wins again um, after going to Cincinnati <laughs> next year. So, um, y'all, y'all pray for Joe Burr after this game. He's going to need it. Um, I wish there was a way to avoid him going to the Bengals. There's not. So send some prayers this way. This is the last time he'll win for a while. All right. There you have it. So we have, we have predicted our divisional <laughs> round. We have predicted our playoff or our, our NCAA football. That is it for our episode today. What we do want to remind you for. Uh, in case you missed in the beginning, feel free to follow us on Instagram at onceuponeast112 or either of us on Instagram, Donatus Carroll or Aaron Avra. Um, interact with us. Let us know what you want to hear, what you like, what you didn't like. Also, make sure that you subscribe, share, review, anything and everything you can. Um, anybody who likes college sports or NFL or any kind of sports, um, let, us know, let them know about us, and hopefully – um, you know, with due time, we can have some people on as well. We're kind of get our getting our grips, and and we've gotten some good feedback. So please continue to give us that feedback. Don, is anything else you want to say? No, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for guys for bearing with us. That's we're a few days late. I hope you guys have an awesome week. We'll see you next week. I right, see you next week, and we're out.